Hello, everyone, and welcome to Speaking with Joy, a podcast to fill your soul, challenge your mind, and make you brave. I'm your host, Joy Clarkson, and an evangelist for all things good, true, and beautiful. So make yourself a cup of tea, find somewhere comfortable, and let's dive in to this week's episode. Hello, friends, and welcome back to Speaking with Joy. You are joining me for yet another episode of what I've been calling in my mind the Escape Cast. This is your center for good, true, beautiful, and wholesome distraction in this very weird season we find ourselves living through. Today, I have the great fun of sharing a podcast I recorded back in December with my dear friend Mariah Ziemer. Mariah is an illustrator and an artist, and you'll get to hear more about her in this podcast, which I recorded with her back when she was still living in Scotland as the artist-in-residence at the Institute for Theology, Imagination, and the Arts. But the reason that I wanted to record this quick introduction is that something exciting has happened since we recorded the introduction, which is that Mariah's wonderful book, um, which she illustrated and her father wrote, was just released and published yesterday, so you can go find Jimba and Friends um, through the link on my page on joyclarkson.com or on Amazon, and I wanted to tell you all that before you listen to this interview. I know that you will love this fascinating conversation with Mariah, and I am so happy to introduce you without further ado to this episode A Philosophy of Doodling with Mariah Zemer. Today, I have the great fun of talking to my friend, Mariah. Welcome on, Mariah. Hello. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Joy. Uh, I should give the, the um, what's the word I want? This is probably a sign of the thing that I'm about to say. I should give the proviso that both of us have colds. Yes. <laughs> so we may be Sound sniffly, yes. sniffly or scratchy, <laughs> yeah. um, but, mm. but uh, I'm sure you all can manage through anyway. Mm. So Mariah and I... Um, actually kind of go way back in one sense, don't we, Mariah? Mm-hmm. Because we met at Biola University. Yeah. About and five years ago by now, I guess. Five years ago. Right? Yeah, would that be, I'm trying to think. No, I think more than that. More than that. Because uh, I think it was, true. Uh, I think it was six years ago. Yeah. Wow. Oh, wow. Uh, and <laughs> you were a freshman, right? Mm-hmm. And I was your RA. Yes. You were one of the first people I met on campus, literally when I was moving into my oh. dorm room and you and, uh. Anna came by, so yeah. that was really fun. <laughs> so we were at Biola together, and she was on my floor. There were 57 yeah. girls, which I think that I was very conscious of how many girls there were because I was in charge of all of them. <laughs> but when yeah. I said that today, you were like, are there really 57? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, crazy. But yeah, so Mariah and I met there and then reconnected back in St. Andrews, mm-hmm. where you did the same masters that I did. Um, and... I have to say, when you emailed me, I remember being slightly surprised because when I first met yeah. you, you were on a very different course for life, I mm-hmm. think, uh, than you have been and, and are now. Yeah. So with that kind of hazy introduction to who you are, um, why don't you tell us a little about who you are and what you do? Yes. So, um, yeah, like Joy said, I feel like the, um, I guess I don't have to talk about you in third person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's all right. Everyone always does okay. whenever I do interviews. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so yeah, like you said, I um, 
when I first met you, I was actually a kinesiology major at mm-hmm. Biola. And so uh, at the time, thinking more about different therapies, uh, like occupational therapy, physical therapy, mm-hmm. even athletic training. Um, you were in terms on the soccer of, team too, right? Yeah, that's true. I was also on the, um, on the soccer team and really involved with the athletic community at Biola. So there were a lot of uh, um, options, I think, just moving forward, thinking about um, going to grad school for more of the science uh, in the science department. And I love those courses. I took a lot of anatomy courses and exercise physiology and so mm-hmm. on. But the entire time, I always just, well, first of all, looked at my notes and thought they're very <laughs> visually oriented. And I love to doodle and I love to look at different diagrams. And um, uh, I don't know, just really look at the yeah silly things like the cross sections of the muscles. And um, so anyway, just really, I think kind of realized over time um, that drawing had always been a part of my life and it was something that I considered moving forward to school to think, okay, I was an art minor at the time mm-hmm. and a kinesiology major, but maybe it should be the other way around. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should um, take art uh, a little bit more serious and pursue it in uh, undergrad and study it. So, um, but in answer to your question, I did grow up, um, Always, I have always drawn um, and uh, it's been a big part of my life, I think, just as a kind of cathartic space mm-hmm. and to really process whatever was going on um, at the time, taking my sketchbook around to cafes and mm-hmm. uh, drawing or writing little poems, whatever comes to mind. But um, long story short, I transitioned into an art major at Biola and then um, came here wanting to implement it a little bit more into like the theological conversations and talk about art and spirituality and um, spiritual formation and so on. So. Uh, that led me to the MLIT here mm-hmm. um, to finish my uh, master's degree, which is crazy this week on mm-hmm. Wednesday to graduate. Um, but uh, the one, last thing I'll say is it was it was funny seeing um, pictures and hearing about your mm-hmm. experience doing the MLIT here in Scotland. And I had known you had gone off to mm-hmm. do some program abroad. And at the time I was researching um, the Theology and the Arts mm-hmm. um, Institute here at St. Mary's. And one day, just put two and two together and realized, oh, oh. Joy's at the program that I would um, be really interested in pursuing myself. So that's yeah. why I reached out to you. And um, yeah, I'm really fortunate that we reconnected and I know. Yeah, kind of hit it off again. It's so. been so fun. And I was gone so much of last year, but um, we've had fun kind of having weekly coffees. And, mm-hmm. and I think um, something I always love about hanging out with you is that, you know, Idia is a very artistic but perhaps a more um intellectual than purely artistic space would you say that's mm. somewhat true yes I which of say. course mm-hmm. um you have been the artist in residence so once you kind of finished your degree mm. you've yes. been doing that at idea yeah. um but i uh you have this creativity and this impulse to create things that is actually kind of the thing that we're all talking about when we talk about theology mm-hmm. and the arts do you know what i mean yeah. um we can all write ourselves into a hole, but you actually create these beautiful mm-hmm. images. And, um, and that's been really fun. And also when we were talking earlier and you were telling that story of how you looked at all your anatomy notes and realized <laughs> that you actually really liked drawing, mm-hmm. I thought that's so interesting because they're really connected, right? They're both mm-hmm. kinesthetic, you know, they're both tactile. They're both about visual things. And you said even about kind of problem solving, mm-hmm. right? Very much, um, yeah. and, uh, and so it makes sense. And, it's this kind of, you know, people always talk about music as a kind of wordless um, mm. expression of true things, but I think visual art is a, a different kind of, of that kind mm. of wordless expression. Um, 
And it's also one that I am just not gifted at. (laughs) (laughs) I was telling Mariah that Mm -hmm. I can look at a a painting, and obviously I do because I talk about them fairly frequently on my podcast, (laughs) and I'll be like, that's a pretty painting. And I can even point out things. But if you Mm -hmm. were to then try to like make me make Mm -hmm. a pretty thing... Um, I just am like visually impaired. <laughs> like I just, I just okay. like yeah. uh, aesthetically visually impaired. Mm. I just, I just am not. So mm. I always kind of regard your skill with kind of like, I I can't imagine what it would be like to be in your brain. Oh, it feels to create things yeah. that the things that you create. Mm. Um, but yeah, and I also think this is something else. Sorry, now I'm rambling. <laughs> but something else that I um, appreciate about you is we all have this idea. I think especially in the modern world of the artist in our mind, you know, mm-hmm. um, that largely comes, I've learned in my reading from romanticism mm-hmm. of kind of this brooding, you know, um, they, they, they discover their inspiration from deep, some deep well of emotion and it, you know, and yes. overwhelms them and then they're difficult to be around and they're kind of self-centered mm-hmm. and you were just so, I'm sure that you have deep wells of emotion that you draw from, but you are so experientially, I do not experience you as that kind of image that we have of a self-absorbed um tumultuous person you Mm. have this real kind of peace about you and um and even like the extent to which so much of what you do is tactile and a celebration of things in the world um it's just a good reminder Mm. to me that not all artists are the same yeah that's very true and i think i mentioned you earlier at uh biola even though it was a relatively small artistic community there were so many people from all ends of the Mm. spectrum and when you think of stereotypes of like the contemporary LA artist who looks at a white canvas and or Rothko painting and is like what does this mean um (laughs) and you have another very um as you would categorize like a type a very meticulous um sort of to-do list oriented Mm -hmm. person that could also be an artist making their own work in design or uh, whatever subject it is, but yeah, there was a good mix of people. Which all, really, all different sorts. That was part of why I think I also loved that type of community to be around. Yeah. Um, you have the universal qualities to relate to mm. as kind of seeing the world in, from a creative perspective, but also the different it, personalities. It could, yeah, exactly. The personalities and sense of taste um, in what you're interested in could vary uh, greatly. Also, um, I was thinking when you're talking about your kinesiology notes, mm. I was thinking of Michelangelo's like really intense and uh, anatomical yes. drawings. Oh yes. Or like when he draw animals, he draw it like five different ways. Yes. He tried to figure out where mm-hmm. their bones were. Yes. And isn't yeah. that the perfect overlap between? I yeah, I actually love. Um, yeah, that's funny you brought it up because I didn't get to see it, but it was in Glasgow, a traveling exhibition of mm-hmm. Da Vinci's initial drawings um, mm-hmm. that kind of led up to um, the. Uh, the anatomical man, Virtu- mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm totally going blank on how to say it, Vitruvian man. Yeah. Um, the famous one we all see in medical yes, textbooks. Yes, things. exactly. Yeah. But I love all the drawings and illustrations uh, leading up to something like that that became, yeah, that could be the finished piece in a textbook because a lot of his sketches were very playful and experimenting in um, a study. It was mm-hmm. a close study of his surroundings and of the human body and the messiness of the sketchbook life, mm-hmm. I think, is something I'm really drawn to. Um, yeah. yeah. So. And just seeing what people... You yeah. were saying that you saw a sketchbook of an artist in Durham. Yes, uh, Norman Cornish. I actually just saw his, yeah, exhibition. It, mm-hmm. it was fairly small and intimate space, which was really, really sweet. Um, but a lot of his sketchbooks from his home life and the coal mining community down in Durham, um, mm-hmm. which has a rich artistic heritage. So uh, we, yeah, a, a family and I went to visit and it was just... Yeah, exactly. Same kind of thing. And you were saying that kind of like compulsive need to like, 
to reproduce yeah, the things. Yeah. And, yeah. It's funny because I, I feel like I have that impulse, but my impulse for that is in words. Does mm. that make sense? So like I have journals that I've kept since I was, thir- not 13, since I was seven. Mm. Um, and I would like see something that I loved and I would want to write it down, but then write it down with like different yeah. words oh, and try it. And um, yeah, and it's funny because mm. it's just, it's a, it's a similar impulse, I think, to like create something based on what you've encountered or seen, mm-hmm. but using a different tool. Yeah, exactly. And unexpectedly, there have been a couple art pieces, whether they be poetry or writing, as you mm-hmm. said, that have kind of come out of my own drawing. So it's like mm-hmm. you change mediums in processing whatever that is. And so you oh. kind of look at it from a bunch of different angles and perspectives, which uh, isn't how it always has to be. You know, you can stick with one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I would consider myself a visual artist, but yeah. I very much like to play with... Um, poetry every once in a while or talking yeah. to your friends who are in theater or dance and yeah. be like, how, how would, which could be a whole nother conversation uh-huh. in terms of collaborative works yeah. and how that, um, conversation plays out. But exactly. Yeah. yeah it's really an impulse to impulse be like, to, I'm, to I'm sniffing. I want to, yeah. I want to understand. I learned, to, I learned yeah. this, um, from a different Biola friend. Hold on. I learned this word recently. I might end up editing this out, but where is it? Ekphratic. Okay. So I learned Ooh. this word recently. Ekphratic, and it's hmm. this is gonna sound very snobbish, but it's rare that I look at a word and I'm like, I have no idea what that means. <laughs> um, but this word, there's a reason I don't know what it means, which is that it comes from a Greek practice called ekphrasis, where hmm. people would, um, these these authors would like pick a subject or a scene, and they would just like try to describe it with as like precise and beautiful of words as they could. So it was almost like trying to like visually depict through words, like something oh, they saw. Wow. That's so it's like the word version of a sketchbook of ekphrasis. Anyway. But oh, I love that. Isn't that That's a good, so cool. yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, so that leads us to yeah. the thing that we were actually going to talk about, which is uh, this kind of new style or form of art that you've been working on recently. Mm-hmm. And I'll include a few pictures, um, if you don't mind, of course, no, um, of these works that you've been doing. Um, that I think it seems like somewhat come from that desire to capture, but kind of that more free form. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tell us about yeah. this, this maybe describe for listeners and I'll put sure, pictures yeah. of it, kind of what this, this form of art is and mm-hmm. then where it comes from for you. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say the past year, year and a half, um, I've been transitioning from more observational drawings mm-hmm. and paintings to, uh, doodling essentially and (laughs) trying so for yeah those of you that don't have the visual it is really just meticulous kind of pen and ink drawings and uh, very illustrative focused Mm. so um, they can come from really small compositions to larger ones that I build over time Um, but I just enjoy yeah sitting down with a big piece of paper and starting in one corner with a pen and radiating out from there Um, but the past year, I've, again, think thinking more um, introspectively and trying mm-hmm. to reflect on my thoughts and emotions, um, whatever, um, for whatever I'm experiencing in life at the time. And so uh, it's led to more of this kind of, some, some images, I'd say, are very fantastical and whimsical in mm-hmm. terms of the, um, the ideal in my head or a dream or something that mm-hmm. uh, really... there's a charm about it that fascinates Mm. me and I want to kind of play with that idea but oftentimes that is influenced that image is influenced by again the emotion of whatever Mm. 
I'm feeling at the time if it's uh, the image is born out of a state of frustration or thinking about certain things, mm-hmm. you know, in, in class, coming back from a lecture that was incredible, but also really mind-boggling and confusing yeah. and thinking, ah, what do I do? What do I, what do, I do with this um, information that I've had and how do I really chew on it and digest it? And so for me, that's um, fed into these illustrations. Um, so as we said, the impulse now is kind of to look inward and say, what's, what's going on here? So anyway, a lot of the illustrations are um, fra- kind of frames within frames or pictures within pictures. And so mm-hmm. it, it can take a visual and uh, a visual path, but then mm-hmm. also within the content, it, one image could lead to another um, miniature image um, mm-hmm. within the overall composition. So um, there is a sense of stream of consciousness that I mm-hmm. think I've really tried to focus on and being spontaneous and comfortable with whatever comes to mind. And mm-hmm. so in terms of creative decisions, if something comes to my head and I think, oh, that might not be the best thing, but okay, why not? You know, before yeah. I might be a little bit more restricted or editing as I go, but mm-hmm. now it's much more relaxed and trying to, again, be comfortable with whatever uh, comes to mind. And um yeah, so elements of control and surrender in the artistic mm. process have been on my mind a lot lately, and more so again, getting pulling away from the control and realizing why am I inclined to hold this so tightly or mm. become fearful that it might not turn out as I thought it was would or I don't know. So trying to figure out what I'm trying to repel from mm. and surrender a little bit more to the process itself, and uh, just sketch freely out of that. And I think what's so uh, interesting as an observer of these pieces from your description of that is that, um, you know, you're talking about a, a surrender and a freedom. And, but when you look at these images, usually when I think of surrender or freedom, I think of like splats on a page. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but these are incredibly structured in some senses. Mm-hmm. No, you're exactly um, right. Yeah. But it's, they're structured and so like, I love how it kind of grows out of one central it looks like it kind of begins, and you would say that, right? It begins mm-hmm. with one central image or thing, and they're, yeah. they're all interconnected. And so, and I think that's maybe partially um, a reflection of your uh, internal life that is beautiful and mm-hmm. kind of connected internally. But also, I wonder if it sometimes speaks to the fact that we can be afraid of surrendering because we think that there's nothing there to mm-hmm. surrender into. But then when we do, we actually find these kind of interconnected patterns and yeah, exactly. uh, these images that relate to each mm-hmm. other. And um, so uh, if this is release for you, it's like yeah. release, but that shows this deep internal kind of harmony and in- interconnectedness of things. Yeah. Does that make sense? That is actually very, a good observation because it would make sense for someone who wants to repel from the very meticulous uh-huh. observational drawing. I, I represent, I'm visually representing something something Mm -hmm. as close as possible um so the opposite would potentially be abstract painting or just like jackson pollock just throw paint on yeah you know pour it on the canvas and see what comes of that and and more abstract forms uh but you're right it's it's um in a way still connected with what i have done in the past very you know there's still explicit images Mm -hmm. or uh shapes and forms that i've you know, continue or, you know, even in this one illustration, there's a hand. And so it's like, obviously a, a nod to my figure studies, yeah. uh, track back in studio courses at Biola. But, um, how am I now 
incorporating that with a little bit of more freedom. More, more freedom yeah. yeah, sense of freedom. But it does, you're right, circle back to It reminds me of patterns and stuff. Um, in this past season, we talked about um, freedom and restraint. Uh, that was one of the episodes, and we looked at jazz improvisers. Oh, nice. And how, because they're so trained, um, when you just let them go, they mm. actually have a lot there to... Mm, when yeah. freedom comes out of this, like you realize <coughs> that when there already is this training and this internal order, then they mm. actually can be free and oh, yeah. beautiful things come out of it. Actually, the last thing I'll say, James McMillan has a really good analogy that stuck with me this past year, which was... Um, I'm totally going to butcher it. He said it much more eloquently. In, um, <laughs> but the idea stuck with you. Yes, the idea was essentially um, you have that structure or the binding of mm. a ligament, say, that connects mm. bone to bone. But within that binding, that restriction, so-called restriction, you have the freedom to move mm. and to, to run and to dance yeah. and obviously move your body. It's a good physical analogy. But yeah, yeah you have the structure and the foundation. But from there, you can... You said, do a that, variety of you said that very articulately. Oh, thanks. And it, <laughs> and it reminds me that there's a similar quote from Madeline Lingle where she says, um, everybody talks about wanting to be free. But when I ask mm. my students, like, um, what do you need to be free to make love, to dance, yeah. do all these things? You need bones. Um, yeah. Because yeah. an amoeba <laughs> is is free, um, but it can't do much. Mm. We must amoeba. Yeah. Amoeba <laughs> yes. Um, but really, these, these prints are just so beautiful. And you said this has kind of been... Do you, uh, it's been a personal thing for you too. Like it kind of comes mm-hmm. out of your own experience and your emotional experience of life. Yeah, very much. And, uh, do you ever find that you, as you kind of let yourself do this, do you ever kind of discover things about yourself or about your, what's happening mm-hmm. inside of you as you draw? Or is it more kind of like you draw to, to, mm-hmm. to capture an emotion? Does that make sense? Yes. I would say more the former. It's yeah. been kind of uncomfortable because it's so unexpected huh. and there are certain surprises or yeah. turns that yeah your drawings take and you think oh what does that mean is that really in me? that's that very for me? it's very painful or dark or yeah. uh or the opposite something really happier you know there's a sense of gratitude that comes mm-hmm. out of that thinking oh I was really frustrated with this certain idea but actually upon reflecting it through this visual mm-hmm. piece I realize there are elements that I'm you know often neglecting or yeah just don't take Mm. Um, I do take for granted, um, oftentimes, but, yeah. um, yeah, I would say it's kind of the surprise discovering, it, yeah, it, it, which can be again, very, uh, uncomfortable or very relieving to say, yeah. oh, maybe there's just broadens your perspective like anything, um, yeah. which can be really refreshing. Yeah. Well, they're really beautiful and I'm, I'm pushing for Mariah. I'm requesting <laughs> deeply, encouraging, and asking that Mariah <laughs> makes these prints cause they're so beautiful mm-hmm. and I want to have them on my wall and also buy them for the people. Um, they're really beautiful. And I hope you all will take a look at the uh, pictures, which I'll include. And, um, yeah. Also the last thing I'll say is these kind of remind me of, I don't know if you've had this. I've always had really crazy dreams, Mm. um, my whole life, like since I was very little, my mom used to think that I was just like asking for attention (laughs) because I'd come down and I'd be like, and then the (laughs) unicorn, like, rode into the sea where I met my homeschool group and we were, you know, anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I've also, as I've gotten older, I can Mm. really see, not in like a clear, well, this means that, but I can always see that it's my brain, my soul, like working through and processing things Mm. that need to be worked through and processed, but often not in like a conscious words you can say way. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like sometimes our 
our hearts deal with things in images that they can't deal with in words. Definitely, yeah. And looking at these feels like that. It feels like mm-hmm. images that make sense to my heart and make sense. Um, mm. But aren't, yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Mm. But that's what I think when I look at it. It's kind of a precognitive yeah. sort of mode of thinking. Yeah. Which I can also attest to having really vivid dreams or mm. things when you wake up and you're like, what do I make of that? It was very cinematic or vivid and other times very blurred and yeah, uh, dis- it disorients you. But um, it is a good yeah. way of making sense of things. And the last thing I'll say is that I really like these because there's so many different things to look at. <laughs> like you could just focus on, like I just <laughs> noticed, are these steps or piano keys? They're steps. What do you think? I don't know. <laughs> ah. It could be both. It could be both. Anyway, there's just so many little things to look at. You could just yeah. stare at these. And I feel like it's one of those things where you almost want a, a um, micro... What's the word I want? Mi- oh, uh, a, a magnifying glass. Magnifying glass? glass? A microfying <laughs> glass. That's definitely not what you need. You know, a magnifying yeah. glass. Um, so anyway, I love them. Oh, thanks. That was the intention. Yeah. Um, and so then you, these are not the only kinds of works that you do. So you are right now working on illustrating a children's book with your dad. I am. Yes. Tell us a little bit so about fun. that. Yeah. So that's been um, honestly such a, it sounds very trite, but a dream come true. It really has yeah. been. My um, dad wrote this uh, story and it's called... Jimba and Friends, and so mimicking kind of a frog and toad or Winnie the Pooh sort of mm. uh, narrative in terms of having a, a group of friends uh, mm-hmm. that go on adventures together and problem solve and uh, forgive and um, mm. yeah, just make really sweet friendships um, within that circle of friends. So, um, but my dad wrote it and I illustrated it. So uh, we've been working on it for the past year or so, um, and. It's hoping, hopefully will be published in uh, spring of next mm-hmm. year. So uh, it takes place, I should say, it takes place in the Australian outback too. So it's partly my dad <laughs> uh, reminiscing his backpacking days in Australia um, with one of his buddies. And uh, so there's a little boy and uh, a couple animals like a, a kangaroo, dingo, and a koala bear and, <laughs> and stuff like that. So it's... Um, one of our uh, intentions was to definitely honor the Aboriginal people groups of Australia because uh, it is something that at least my dad and I haven't really seen in much uh, children's literature. Mm. So it was kind of, again, a personal inspiration from my dad's uh, personal experience. But then mm. we thought it would be um, a good outlet to have just a, yeah. a sweet children's story to represent their culture. And their uh, dot paintings were a big inspiration mm. too because... Um, different regions of Australia and the islands have uh, different aesthetics with the dot paintings and colors mm. and, and stuff. And um, so that was definitely a source of inspiration um, for that. Yeah. So they're so lovely. And uh, also I know because you told me and then you showed me today that there was a good deal of, um, of agonizing over alligator physiques. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh yeah. With, Samson the crocodile. Crocodile. Is, oh gosh. No, it's okay. Um, but exactly that. I it was fun and also very challenging to research mm-hmm. the anatomical structures of a crocodile or a kangaroo and be like, how would a kangaroo throw a boomerang? <laughs> so that's um, <laughs> an important question. Yes, exactly. So because they kind of have small arms, don't they? I know they do. Yeah. Also, <laughs> kangaroos are so weird. Like they're so cool and so weird. Yeah, they're amazing. Yeah. I mean, come to think of it, so are crocodiles. But, um. <laughs> yeah. Well, and again, a crocodile is kind of a, 
a typical antagonist in a story, but mm. I won't without giving too much away. Uh, there is a sort of a, a playful ideal idea with how can this crocodile be sort of a friend or foe with this mm. group that approaches him. Um, yeah. Oh, I love that. Well, um, I will definitely be putting that up whenever that comes Thanks. out, and oh, everyone should go look at it. It'll, Thank you. It'll be really lovely, and it's been fun to see like your first ideas yeah. and then see them um, grow and blossom. And how fun mm. to work with your dad. Yeah, that's fun. That's, um, fun so good. that's so fun. I know. I know from working with my mom, it's always fun to mm-hmm. have somebody who there's like not as much explain. Like you mm-hmm. can speak their language and you know what they want. And... Yeah, there's kind of an element of trust. I think that you could very much develop in any professional relationship yeah. between author and illustrator. But I think with my dad and I, we were kind of on the same page yeah. in a couple ways. And so that, that did really help me have a yeah. lot of creative freedom and obviously with his input and his critique, but I think it went fairly smoothly mm-hmm. because of that. And we have been wanting to collaborate on some project for a couple of years now and family and friends have been incredibly supportive throughout the years. And so we've heard multiple times, like, you guys should work on something together. And so this is sort of the debut project uh, for that, which is oh, really nice and rewarding. That is so fun and exciting. And what was the name of it again? Jimba and Friends. Jimba and Friends. Well, I can't wait to get yeah. my own copy. Thanks. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, Well, Mariah, yeah. thank you so much for coming on today. Oh. And it's been so fun. And I hope everyone will go look mm-hmm. at the images and um, just spend some time with them. I think uh, they are images that can be spent time with. Mm. Um, and I hope that, uh, you're on your way back to the States, but I hope yeah. that, uh, we will bump into each other again yeah. as we have unexpectedly up until I now. I know. You never know. Yeah. But you thank you for know. having me. It's been really, yeah, fun to talk about my work and kind of verbally process what's, what's going on. So yes, it has been a real delight and thank you everyone for listening. And I hope you'll join me next week on Speaking with Joy. Mm-hmm.